Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Is game day on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. And we're back for another exciting year of Notre Dame football. The Fighting Irish kick off the 2018 season with a huge game against the Michigan Wolverines. The anticipation, the hype for game one in South Bend is fantastic, and Irish fans should be treated to a wonderful game of football between two storied programs. Jim Harbaugh ascends from Ann Arbor with a stellar defense and a new quarterback in Shea Patterson. Meanwhile, Brian Kelly rolls out two potential QBs in Brandon Winbush and Ian Book as new defensive coordinator Clark Lee plans to unleash what Kelly is calling the most depth he has had on defense in his tenure at Notre Dame. This game has the makings of something special. And if this is your first time tuning into the game day show, our goal is to set the scene by talking with former Irish players, coaches, and celebrities. I'm your host, Evan Sharpley, and apologize I cannot be in South Bend today. However, game day truly spans the USA as I am in beautiful Hawaii for a baseball event. I will check back later in the show for my keys to the game. Until then, it's back to my producer and co-host, State Farm Agent Tim Growl, live from Ivy Corp. Go Irish! Thanks, Evan. And indeed, we're out here live at the Ivy Court in his suites right across from the linebacker and it is on it is game day out here tailgaters right up to the sidewalk of the porch right here right now we've got food from fisher's tips and chips we've got parking that's going out i hear the motorcycles going by right now too added to the game's hype today espn's game day show is in town but i'm here to tell you we are the original game day show this show in one format or another has been on since 1971 48 years of bringing you the atmosphere, the players and the coaches that are in town, we are here to set the stage. Alongside to manage my chaos and to keep me on time is WSBT's news director, John Hoffman. How are you doing today, John? Doing great, and this is a wonderful atmosphere. I wish we hadn't brought Louisiana up, you know, for the weather, but other than that, we're doing great today. A couple of quick notes. Uh, game day is brought to you in part by Budweiser. Great times are waiting. Grab some Buds. Carmela's at McCree's. Your post-game dining destination at McCree's Italian Bakery for all your tailgating needs. And by Eddy Street Commons at Notre Dame. Come dine, shop, and enjoy the merchants at Eddy Street Commons. Thank you, John. Live radio, you got to love it. The guest list is juggled all over the place. So now we're going to have five or six people on the first segment all at one time. Later in the show, we're going to be talking with uh, 1990s Irish receiver uh, Bobby Brown. And you never know who's going to stop by. But right now, and I'll try to get this right, and you guys are going to all have to help me. We've got from the uh, 80s teams, we got Greg Bell, John Autry, Steve Berline from 88 championship team, Flash Gordon, and you just popped in, I'm sorry. Larry Moriarty. Larry Moriarty, all right. So guys, we're gonna just uh, start here and we're gonna just open it up and I love it when we can just have players talk together and stuff. But we're gonna start off a little bit. First of all, 
I mean, everybody give an idea about, you know, coming back to campus, how often you come back, and what do you think of all the construction and everything? How about that new football facility? You know, we, uh, me, John, and Larry were actually here. This is Greg Bell, of course. So Thank you. A, a lot of us were here this summer for the fantasy camp, so we've seen a lot of the development. And, you know, I'm on the show. I guess y'all grab I, me every year. I grab so you every year. I get back here for about three or four games a year and, and uh, enjoy seeing uh, all the development that's going on. So Greg was a running back. John Autry, nose tackle? Uh, nose tackle, uh, defensive end, and... Uh uh, and Fort Wayne native. Fort Wayne. All right, a Hoosier. <laughs> yeah. Fort Wayne native. And uh, so uh, the, the last time I got back on a regular basis was when Brian Smith was playing here. Okay. His dad was our teammate, Chris Smith. Sure. And so I got to see him and I got to see his son play. So that was just a, a great, great moment. Period of time, four years for him. All right. And it, I mean, this... This, this game right here tonight is, is just huge. It's great being here today. Yeah, we're going to talk about some Michigan memories. Now let's get uh, Steve Brown. Steve, how often do you get a chance to come back to campus? Well, I, I, get to, I try to come back every every year if I can. Uh, I was back for the Georgia game last year. I think this year I might have a couple of couple more opportunities, hopefully. Um, but I was out. The, the most memorable trip I had uh, was two springs ago. I brought my 12-year-old daughter, who was at that time was 10, it was her first time on campus. Oh, she had and to love she it. decided that day that she's going to be the point guard at Notre Dame. And, of course, Notre Dame women just won the national That's championship. Right. <laughs> and she's still holding true to it. So I'm hoping we can see that through and make it happen for her. Are your like son it. still playing lacrosse? My son was a soccer, soccer. player. Soccer. So, soccer. But, no, he just gave it up. He gave it up. Well, high school. We thought he was going to come here. My daughter is a 12-year-old, so I haven't done the math yet. So okay, she'd be okay, okay. six years away. She's in seventh grade, so... <laughs> You know, she'll be here in six, seven years. So I got four daughters. I know all about the basketball hype. We have season tickets. We come to see them, and that was great to see them go. And another champion from the 88 team, and he's another one like Greg or whatever. When I get a hold of somebody that will show up on the show, you guys get a call every year just about, Flash Gordon, Flash, nice to have you back. It's always good to be back. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's um, looking at all the construction, all the development around campus. You know, and I, I was telling one of the other guys, when we were actually here re being recruited, we didn't have all this great stuff, you know, the great, you know, and, and it was interesting back then, you know, they, they never took us to the locker rooms. They never, there was a reason why they took it to the locker room. There's a reason why they took it to the weight room, right? Because they didn't have any. We didn't have any indoor facility. But, but, but it's interesting how we, we continue to win championships, right? So as we continue to build, we want to continue now to build not just the infrastructures, but, but a team that, that it can succeed and excel at the highest level. So I think we're getting to that point, and, and I think the team is getting uh, um, excited about uh, this season, and we'll see how it all works out. Um, I'm excited about it. And talk about Excel. You've excelled in a lot of your personal life, which everybody has here. I want to touch on the Wernley Foundation later on. I think you've got a book coming out, too. Uh, Absolutely. In about two weeks, uh, the book um, Change Does Not Occur in a Flash. So no pun intended, but, but um, <laughs> yes, uh, we're really talking about, about change and the process of change and how we, we go through that process in our lives, both from an organizational, an athletic, and a spiritual uh, standpoint, both from the Notre Dame perspective and, and from organizational perspective. Great. Uh, this is WSBT's game day, and we're getting ready for the Wolverines-Irish game, and we're talking with a host of former Irish players. And Larry, I know you've been here before and on the show, successful career at Notre Dame, successful pro career, but let me start you back on uh, Michigan memories. You rolled for 116 yards in the 1982, which was the first night game at Notre Dame. Was that not correct? It was. It was the greatest time of our, our lives to come out here and play with Notre Dame with the lights coming out. Musco, the first time they came up and put those portable, portable lights, lights on. Right. 
came in here, I was with Greg and Augie. We didn't know what to expect. All we knew about was the great Michigan was going to come in with, with Anthony Carter and how he was going to tear us up and he was going to do this. Coach Faust put us in a gym for about eight hours. We sat there. We felt like we were uh, hunkered down in some kind of a storm, and we come out here to play Michigan. The same type of a night, humid, hot. Let me ask you that. What do you mean? Before, prior to the game, on oh, the game yeah. day, he put you in a gym? We were in the ACC in a gym. <laughs> we watched a movie. I don't even know yeah. what the movie we was. Watched, what we watched was the movie when Notre Dame did a, a like a, a, a movie of the past. And sure. Talked about all the national championship teams. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. But we watched that movie. We are in our. When we left the auditorium. The game we already won. Keep it up. <laughs> we are. We had already won the game. We, everybody knew that we were going to win that game after we watched that film. Because that film just came out. It hadn't even been right. released yet. Yeah. So you were soaked. You were ready to go. We, oh, I just done. wish I didn't get hit then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I think I could speak for Steve because he's a California guy, too. To walk out on this field in this kind of weather, this humidity, it wasn't about even getting ready for the game. It's can I make it through the game. <laughs> right. We didn't deal with this humidity in California. It's, we didn't have that type of thing. To come out here with all that energy and the, you're so excited, you didn't even have to stretch. Well, you over touch your toes, you're ready to go. And added to the night game, first night game ever. I mean, I can remember watching that game on TV. I mean, the whole the whole crowd, everybody was just so stoked. Flash, a Michigan memory for you. You know what? It, <laughs> you, had a, you had a tough game on your way to the national championship. Uh, you know what? It's interesting you say that because this... This was the first game of the season, and um, it was maybe two minutes left in the game. And we were playing Michigan, and, and I was supposed to be in the out. And they kept running uh, down and out, and the coach looked, Flash, you got to get to the out, right? And they throw it, you know, in front of me every, every play, and I wasn't, I wasn't getting out. And finally, I bit on the out one time, and the guy threw it over to uh, another wideout for 20 yards. They were in field goal range. It must have been six, seven seconds left. Coach pulls me out. Flash, he's supposed to be in the out. I said, I know, Coach. I, I was in the out. I'd been uh -huh. on the guy in front of us. That's not the objective. And they came out to kick the field goal with five seconds left. And I just prayed. I've never prayed as hard. <laughs> and it worked. And it worked. Field goal. And we were up by, I think we are up by two. So he'd have won the field goal. They would have won the game. And thank God uh, the all-world, all-pro kicker missed it. And uh, we won that game and went on to win every game thereafter and won the championship that year. So, so uh, it could have been a whole different game uh, if, uh, could if have Michigan... Been. What, no, which game was that of the season? Michigan, the first game first, of the season. It was the first oh, game, too. first game of the season. Well, I just got a stat here, too, that I came across. Notre Dame is 6-2 and two when facing Michigan in the season opening game. Michigan leads when it's the second game of the season, 10-7-1. Michigan is 3-2 and two if they play in the third and fourth game. So it looks like... Statistically say the first game. Steve how, Steve Berline, how about some memories from you from Michigan? Well, uh, you know, so many of them. Uh, the, the, when I look back at those years, you know, Jim Harbaugh and I were the same year. So I started four years. So I, did, I did not start the Michigan game my freshman year. That was Blair. Real Keel. quick, you don't have khakis on though, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm one of the only people on campus wearing jeans today. That's the California in me, Larry, like you're talking. <laughs> Who'd be wearing jeans out here today other than me? But... Uh, you know, going against Jim Harbaugh uh, for three years, uh, there were some great games. Bo Schimbeckler was the coach. Um, the, the, the biggest memory, though, was our senior year, Lou Holtz's first game, uh, 1986 season. Uh, we were coming off of the very disappointing stretch with Jerry Faust as our coach um, and kind of left 
uh, the program in tatters at that point. Lou Holtz came in, and that game against Michigan was the beginning of the Lou Holtz era at Notre Dame. We came out of that locker room. We, we as a team, didn't even know what to expect. But the stadium was electric uh, right from the get-go. Uh, we were in control of that football game. We should have won that game. That was the game where I hit Joel Williams in the back of the end zone, but they ruled him out of the end zone. Yeah, yeah. They said he didn't get his feet down. Now, they got me mad. He <laughs> I jumped that. up to catch a pass That's and right. hit him in the belly. That's right. <laughs> Put your hands up and catch the ball and keep your feet on the ground, That's and we right. win a game. That's right. But That's right. we, and, and John Carney, by the way, who was... One of the greatest kickers in the history of Notre Dame. Played right for 20 plus years in the NFL. Right. He had a chance to kick a 35-yarder to win that game, mm -hmm. and he missed it. And we also missed an extra point that day. We lost by one point. Damn Did not Arnie. punt the whole game. Uh, they never stopped us. And uh, unfortunately, we came out one point shy. But everybody in that stadium knew that Notre Dame was a different Notre Dame with Lou Holtz as the head coach. And obviously, went on to great things from that point. John? I got, I didn't mean to rush you, Steve, but because I'll forget this story. But I have to tell. I was starting. I was just starting. Uh, I think it was our second game of the season, sophomore year, my sophomore year, and uh, I was going against Bubba Paris, offensive tackle. I started DN, and Anthony Carter was a sophomore then. So I don't know, second quarter or something. I clipped Anthony Carter's heel, 12 yards in the backfield. And he tripped and fell. He got it was a 12-yard loss. You don't hit Anthony Carter. Nobody hits right. him. Full body. You lu you're lucky if you even just touch him. So I clipped him and he fell. And then the very next play, and this is why we need to be ready, ready today. The very next play, he catches a 55-yard bomb oh. in the end zone. Sure. So we got to be ready to play today. That's a game we lost. We'll get it. We're with uh, Greg Bell, John Autry, Steve Burline, Fleisch, Gordon, Larry Moriarty on game day. I'm Tim Grau along with John Hoffman. Greg, besides you must have been knocking the holes open for Larry on, in that game. Would Larry, would Larry I, I, say that? or I, what? I actually asked Coach, I mean, Coach Faust if he would just give Larry the ball a little bit more times than he gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> he you listened know, to you. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you what, you know, my second school that I committed to was Michigan. So my, one of my best friends was their captain in 1980 when we beat him with Harry Oliver's kick. And so me and Bo, I, I was just telling somebody earlier today, I had a love-hate relationship with Bo my entire life. And I loved him to death because he coached under Coach Hayes. And so he used to call me the pretty boy because I, I, I remember on my recruiting trip, I said to him, I said, Is, can I wear white shoes? And I never should have said that to Bo. He remembered that for the rest of his life. I saw him 20 years later in the box with John Robinson, and he goes, Oh, geez, you coached the pretty boy, didn't you? <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, of course, the, the, the night game was probably the, the, the greatest game for us. I think for me, my fond memory was going to playing in the big house because I grew up never getting the chance, you know, coming here, not going to Ohio State. I didn't get a chance to play at the real big house. Sure. And so the play in the big house, me and Larry actually got our first start. That was our second year here. And uh, we took a beat. And I can, only thing I remember about that game is that whole next week I sat in the ice tub because I got a, a butt bruise that was so deep I couldn't even walk. <laughs> <laughs> that was your scar, Steve? I, I got to share something, Greg. I changed the subject after that butt bruise came up. <laughs> uh, but, but everybody here knows Lou Holtz was on campus this morning. Absolutely. He Lou's lads. He, he had to leave uh, because his... His wife is in poor health, oh, I'm uh, sorry unfortunately, to but he sent me a text. I sent him a text. I missed him, but he sent me a text and said, Steve, sorry I missed you, but my wife Beth is in poor health and she needs me. The Irish don't, as they will smash Michigan. Right. <laughs> 
right. wanted to get home because he knew the Irish were going to take care of it today. That's Lou. That's a good segue, and let's talk about um, th this year's team. And I hope everybody's got a little insight. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Um, you were noted for having a, a quick release, exceptional read of the defense, and a poised pocket presence. That's some of the knocks on Brandon right now. So what do you think he's got to do, and do you agree with that assessment of things he's got to pick his pace up for? Well, he, he's really good at things I wasn't. I couldn't run very well, so <laughs> he's a great runner. And uh, I wish I could move half as well as he did, or as well as he does, but that really is the key. I, I'm hoping that uh, the year of experience last year and the uh, offseason, uh, uh, you know, with, with being able to really focus on areas he needed to work on, which I think pocket presence, accuracy, um, those are things that last year I, I just never felt like he really was confident in that pocket. He can throw the football. The guy can throw the football. But if he, he just has to be more confident, more decisive in the pocket. Uh, but I think really when we're going to be at our most effective is not putting him in the situation where he's got to carry the team with his arm. Right. Uh, we got to mix it up. we got to stay committed to running the football with him and the running backs. Hopefully, we, Greg, you can share some insight maybe on the running backs for Larry. Uh, I, you know, we, we were, those are question marks this year with the, the guys that we lost last year. But we've got to be able to run the football. And then when Bush will make some plays at key points in the ball game. But if he's throwing the ball 30 times a game, if he's throwing the ball 30 times a day against that defense, we will not win the game. I think he should be in that 20 to 25 range, throwing when we want to throw the ball and making a lot of plays in the run game. Excellent analysis. Let's talk to John Autry and Flash Gordon about the defense. Uh, John, comments on the line, or do you have something else you want to comment on what Steve said? Well, uh, offensively, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll comment about what I'm excited about on the offense. I am concerned about the running back. I think they're great, talented kids, uh, but I think we just got to get some experience, and hopefully the first drive they'll have experience and they'll explode. Uh, the O-line, we lost some people, but I was been assured that our offensive line <laughs> New people are going to step in and, and do what needs to get done. Now, our front seven, I think I heard, Flash, that uh, we're kind of moving to a three, four front yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. And absolutely. So, which is fine. Oh. I think that's great. I think we're very athletic up front. Nine yes. returning starters, right? Nine yes. third turning starters. And, and, and what I'm, I'm also excited about is our defensive backfield and, and their leadership and their experience and, and all that. So defensively, do I you got any comment about the coaches? <laughs> defensively, I think we're very good. I just think that the offense, a couple of run, couple of sessions on the field, they'll get experience and then they'll explode. Augie, that, that, that's very nice the way you're talking well, with all this articulate words and athleticism <laughs> and all this BS. Well, it comes down to me, both teams are very talented teams or they wouldn't be at the school. It's all about attitude. Is Notre Dame's original attitude going to come back in the days when these guys were playing where they got nasty? And I think if Notre Dame comes out and tries to intimidate a little bit, that's what we need to see here. So take, we ain't here about being you, a bunch of pretty boys with a bunch of pretty <laughs> uniforms, <laughs> and we have pinstripes, and we have well, well, you know, the Hollywood uniforms. We got all this BS. We got to come out and just hit some people. So, you know, it's interesting Mario already says that from a defense perspective. You know, I, I can appreciate defenses, and defenses win championships. At the end of the yeah, day, right. if you don't have a knockdown defense that's aggressive and nasty, you're not going to win any games, right? So, exactly. at the end of the day, you take, you. Your, you take your defense with you both home and away. I think this year, 
they got a knockdown group of individuals that can play ball from Coney and the linebacking crew and their offensive line is as solid as can be. You got Ty Light working with those guys in the backfield. They're solid. Now the only question mark, right, is your defensive coordinator, right? So we've right. just had a transition with him. He's at Texas. But he was here before. He was with that, that right. crew. Yeah. He just so hasn't the, called his own defensive right. players. Right. So right. whether the transition right. is right. still smooth right. and whether, you know, the other, the new, the new coach can actually implement that same philosophy and keep them, as, as Murray already said, aggressive and going after it like wild dogs, you, you got a chance. And I, I'm, I'm excited about Steve it. Burline. I will add one thing. you got, yeah, Steve Berline here. You've got a very good defense on the other side of the ball, though, too. Michigan. Number one last year. 11 starters. Mm-hmm. We were turning nine. We know it's going to be a defensive ball game. Right. So that's, that's why it comes down to the running game, I believe. You got to be able to run the football, control the field position. And when it really comes down to it, is it always does the NFL. What's the big word? What's the biggest stat in football? Other than points allowed, points scored. Turnovers. Turnovers. We cannot make mistakes. We've got to protect the football, play the field position game. When we get opportunities to make plays, we got to make them because neither one of these teams is going to well, score 30 well, points today. Beeline, Bur- Burline, the, the, the other key component, I'm going to give you the political answer too, right, is <laughs> if, the, if our stadium is not off the hook, exactly. right, if the noise level is not unprecedented, I we got a chance. Right? I agree. So right. when they come into our house, it's got to be a place where they. It's got to be worth points, right? So that's where the difference, I think, should should come, right from the right from the fans. We got attitude. All comes from defense. No ifs, sure. ands, or buts. You get in the huddle of any offensive team, you're only as good as this guy. Everybody shuts up and as you're pointing to the quarterback, to the quarterback. <laughs> and you got a quarterback like he does. Just ask him about USC stats. You get a quarterback, but you never lost, right? I wish you played him every week. <laughs> and being a California boy, I know it's big-time Michigan here, but I'm all about USC, so Steve Berline is on the top of the shelf because he makes me proud because I can't talk about we lost twice. <laughs> We've only got about two minutes, but let me see with a shake of the head, yes or no. Do you all agree with the defense being much better? That. We're not going to go for fourth down on our own 49 anymore. We're going to punt it rather than we think we got to score 38 points a game, yeah. and we're going to trust our defense. So Brandon's, so. Brandon's not correct. Brandon's not going to have to make the take chances and make mistakes. Well, I mean, he's a quarterback. I mean, you got, you got to take chance to throw the ball. That's a chance anytime you drop back. But I think one of the things I, I know Audrey told me this winter, uh, this summer when we were out here, he says the one question everybody keeps talking about is the backfield. He said, Greg. Haven't we had a back the last seven years? Right. He said, don't worry about the backs. They all can play. Linemen and, and running backs should never be an issue yeah, in Notre Dame. Never I never issue. think That's they right. would be. Amen. No. Running back by committee. I know a running back wants to have the ball. But you guys are all fine with having six guys carrying the ball today because we don't have one that's way out there. Or do you go with the hot hand? You got to let the see. We got to see. Okay. I mean, Dexter, if he plays, I think he can be the running back that gets the you know the the bulk of the load. But right now, nobody knows. We got a backfield that's really it's up for grabs. Sure. I remember coming off our sophomore year when I came here and Jerry came in here. He walked in there. Phil Carter was darn near a Heisman Trophy winner after that freshman year. He had a great year, but he looked at it and told us. It's up for grabs. Who's going to compete? And I think they've gone and had a, 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 a great summer, and they're going to compete. So let's see them play. All right, we got, uh, we're got. we going to go around and get a prediction from uh, everybody. But first, Fleisch, your, your Warnley Foundation, every year that you have, yeah. um, who's the speaker and when's the date? So and, and, and an address that people can go online to look it up. Yes, yes. Uh, this year our event will be September the uh, 20th. Uh, the Ca- Warnley's Callus for Change has been going for about 17 years. This year, our awardee will be uh, Tamika Catchings, the first female awardee. Um, last year was Nicholas Sparks. 
Um, we're excited about it right there in Richmond. Hopefully all the guys can make it uh, to the event. So um, the website is warnley.org, W-E-R-N-L-E.org. Again, September 20th, and it'll be an unbelievable fundraising event uh, for our organization and for the state of Indiana and Ohio. Appreciate it. And your book, real quick. The book will be out in uh, approximately two weeks. Again, change does not occur in a flash. Um, we're just doing some final uh, touches, and then it should be available online at Amazon as well as through the bookstores. Uh, and some book signings will be occurring in the next uh, couple of weks, hopefully at the next home game. Score predictions. Place Gordon. Oh, uh, score prediction uh, 20 to uh, 17. War Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Larry. I, I can't give you a score prediction. All I can tell you, if we don't win, it's going to be a long year. These kids got to come and bring it attitude wise. Either way. Either like way, when this game is make or break for Harbaugh That's right. and Wolverine. That's right. That's right. A lot of pressure. It, it ain't better said. That's Either right. way. Either way. Right. This Either is way. A huge make or break. Game. Don't don't let anybody downplay That's right. the significance of this game That's tonight. Right. I agree with uh, you. Steve. I, I, my score was exactly the same as Flash. Notre Dame twenty to seventeen in a nail biter right to the very end. John Autry. John Autry's prediction is Notre Dame twenty one seventeen victory. Right, right there. All right. Greg Bell. Uh, I'm going to just go on the long ball. I'm going to just say 31-15, 14, Notre Dame. All right. Now, so give me the good odds. As Vegas started out, you know, 11 or 12, and they down the even. even right? Lou Holtz says uh, Notre Dame 42, Michigan 3. <laughs> I appreciate all you guys. We hope you have a great day out there. there. Pull the Irish to victory. Go Irish. Go Irish. This is WSBT's Game Day. We're live from the porch of the Ivy Court Inn and Suites. To get a reservation for the Florida State game or to book your own getaway, call the Ivy Court team at 574-277-6500. We'll be right back with wide receiver from the 90s, Bobby Brown. This is Game Day live from Ivy Court at Notre Dame. We are live and the show continues the show brought to you in part today by edward jones making sense of investing contact nathan pivovar and misha walker or craig langhofer in new carlisle the food bank of northern indiana together we can stop hunger learn more at feedindiana.org hearing aid service providing you quality affordable digital listening solutions you can depend on and by kurt outdoor living let their experts help transform your yard into an outdoor living dream come true. Also a special thank you to hotspotwifipods.com for their assistance with today's broadcast. Tim Growl here with John Hoffman. You gotta love, like I said, a live show. Was that a fun experience there, having five guys all at the same time, John? Man, that was some stories. Yeah, you know what? You know, and I apologize if you didn't all know who everybody was at once. I was trying to do the best we can, but when you get uh, players and teammates together, they get excited and they just want to talk and they rib each other and that's what's, what's, what's fun about uh, getting all these Irish players uh, together and stuff. You could tell the main theme through the whole thing was uh, they just want the Irish to get out there and have the crowd really support them. They don't want Michigan to be able to hear, and they want to come out and play smash mouth football. Back to the old days, as Larry Moriarty said and stuff, too. So we're going to go on to our next guest, former wide receiver in the 1990s for the Fighting Irish. Uh, Another good fan of the show that's been with us uh, before, and we're really thankful that he was able to help out uh, with some of the guests today and stuff, and to take time away from his tailgate party to uh, get here, and that's Bobby Brown. Bobby, how's it going today? Going well. How about yourself? I'm good. Thanks again for helping us out and getting out here. You know, like you said on the phone, what a nice quote when you were telling me as I'm driving in here getting people canceling on me. 
Hey, this is not only football and a live show, Tim, this is just life. You just do what you can, right? Yeah, you got to adjust on the fly. So, and as I'm trying to break into broadcasting, I, I love to see you sweat just a little bit. But yeah. You, you, you make it look so fabulous, Oh, man. but thanks. I'm sure the listeners appreciate your professionalism. So tell me, thank you. Tell me about this, that you, you, you text me about this opportunity that you're working on right now. What was the boot camp you went to? Yeah, so NFL Broadcast Boot Camp is for both uh, uh, former and current players uh, that have played in the NFL that want to transition into broadcasting at some point. So uh, Dan Orlowski was there this year. It was great to see him now at ESPN. There's a bunch of people that have done it and uh, have moved on to some great opportunities. So I hope to be the next one in that long list of uh, people that use the opportunity to, to get into broadcasting. So you told me they told you you got to go out and get some uh, interview opportunities, you right? Gotta, you got to get the at-bats, as they say. So that's the only way you can work on your discipline and, and show that uh, you're working on your craft. And I really was going to try to help you today because I had so many guests lined up. I was going to have you come in and ask some questions, but... Lo and behold, the rest of them had to leave, so now it's just you and us interviewing each no, other right now. And so, too, no, so. Hey, no problem. I will take notes on All right. <laughs> the, the masterful way in which you do it, and we'll, we'll make sure we, uh, I'll, I'll try to copycat you at some point. Uh, that's, that's a really generous uh, comment. <laughs> I'm just a fan that likes to ask questions. Evan's the expert. John's got the career in broadcasting. I always come to this show for 19 years saying, I'm just trying to ask the questions that fans want to ask. That's now, all. That's what I try to do. Now, the real question is, is uh, did uh, Mr. Evan Sharpley pay you to call him an expert? Because that, like, <laughs> uh, that sounds like an envelope was you know, exchanged hey, for that uh, here, here. <laughs> praise. <laughs> and keeps, where, where he is, I hope he's listening to this, right? <laughs> he's in Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, okay. he's pulling he's some a, tough duty. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> so, uh, Bobby, you played from uh, 96 through 90. You yep. played uh, four years. Yep. Um, let's talk about playing, uh, receiving against Michigan. And I didn't have a chance to look. Did you play Michigan all four years at that time? Uh, no, I got three of my four. I got to play Michigan, and I was, unfortunately, one and two against Michigan. But the one that we did win was against the reigning national champion, Michigan Wolverine That's team. Right. So it felt uh, worth two. So I'll call it two-two. That's, that, that's how Fair I'm doing enough. my math. How about Fair that? <laughs> and do you remember, was that the, like the first or second game of the year, like Michigan typically yep, plays? Yeah, always played them early. Uh, in the first meeting, it was against Charles Woodson, which obviously Charles Woodson and uh, was a heck of a player. I got to go up against him. That was fun. I had uh, a, a real big game against him. Um, so, and, you know, but he was a heck of a player to, to look across the field in warm-ups and see that number two and to think, wait a minute, that's Charles Woodson? He didn't look like a cornerback. And so the fact that he was able to move on to safety and play so long in the NFL is no surprise to me because he was rather athletic, big physical guy and quite the competitor. But uh, we enjoyed it uh, playing against one another in Notre Dame. We, we, we don't... Uh, hold any any uh nice feelings for michigan so i'll put it that way that's a pg way to say it so it was fun battling against him so what are the what do the coaches say for a game like michigan and stuff uh, they they treat it differently too or they let you guys get hyped up on your own or no, you know ironically the coaches have to do the exact opposite they have to ward against treating the game differently because you're dealing with 18 19 20 year old young men and they're so impressionable and they're already hearing on all of the sports talk how big this game is and how it connects to the coach's future and we're going to see where the programs are and, and <laughs> did, I, did i capture that the, the, drama, the dramatization <laughs> in which these respective networks uh utilize to uh, market the game so as a coach you want to take the exact opposite approach you want to bring the excitement levels down and let uh, your young players believe that it's just another game but 
no matter how hard they try, this is not just another game. It's versus Michigan, back on the schedule, a lot at stake, 12 versus 14, game day's here, Bobby Brown's here. How about that? That's right, Bobby <laughs> threw, Brown threw is in, in the there, house. Right? <laughs> He's in the house. If I want to be in broadcasting, I got to just sprinkle in there, shameless Absolutely. plug. So, But no, lots of fun. Um, with this rivalry, and I know that the, even the young players in their first time will, will find this to be very special. Let's talk a little bit more about your career, and, and you're kind enough to stay after the break, and then we can talk, break down this game. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about in, uh, let's see, 97, you had 45 receptions for 543 yards and six touchdowns. Yep. 1999, 36 receptions for uh, 608 yards yep. and five uh, touchdowns. Yep. So, explain to me your skills for doing so well. Hands, feet, knew the routes, all the above. None of the above. <laughs> uh, those are a byproduct of the one thing that's just intangible that has allowed me to uh, perform well at high school, collegiate, and then very briefly, but to, to live out a dream at the NFL level, and it's just hard work. Honestly, hard work. You know, uh, the whole idea of hard work beats talent when talent isn't willing to work hard is something that I live by. Uh, I was supposed to be in the same class as Randy Moss, and I felt like, man, I don't know how he's going to deal with the fact he'll be on the bench. That's the type of confidence Good I had. for you. And the confidence came from working hard. Now, lo and behold, I got lucky, and he, he wasn't able to make it because something tells me that his, uh, the specimen that he proved to be, it would have been challenging for me to get on the field. But, no, no, maybe he heard. I know we heard uh, the he stories heard, of why yeah. he didn't come. He heard what you, but he you know, was going to have I didn't, didn't want to be a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, Tim, but, <laughs> you know, the information is there, and you've officially read through the lines. Uh, but, no, I've worked out with him in the summer just a freak of nature but i say that to say um going in you've got to be willing to work hard and think that no matter what uh challenges you face there's a spot for you and you're going to claim it that's the only way you can survive on that field and uh it helps you just you know improve on everything else really focus is how you catch the pass the, the rest of the stuff is just a, a byproduct of hard work all right well we're going to come back and we're going to have you break down the uh, irish receivers and the irish offensive game maybe what you see on the defense and two but right now on your home for notre dame football 96-1 wsbt this is game day and we will be right back with john hoffman and bobby brown both in the same line i said that together both wonderful athletes right, john? <laughs> we'll be right back oh. game day is live once again from ivy court right by the Notre Dame campus. Glad to have you with us today. I'm John Hoffman. Tim Growl is handling the show today. Evan Sharpley hiding out in Hawaii. What a, tough, place, what a place to tough, hide out. Tough duty. The show today brought to you in part by Leck Leitner Door. At Leck Leitner, we open all the right doors. State Farm Insurance. Tim Growl himself Who's that? all your insurance needs. Call Tim at 232-9981. My United Beverage encouraging you to enjoy responsibly. Drink wiser. Wings, etc. Grill and pub. Good food. Great times. And online ordering to go at uh, to go.wingsetc.com and Zolman Tire and Auto trusted community service for over 40 years Tim thank you John and you heard that uh, play from the 1988 Reggie Ho had kicked four field goals you know the everybody's been saying in practice this year Justin Yoon has been working on his leg and a lot of weightlifting and he's been hitting 62 yarders in the stadium wow. and it could very well come down to that although the ball's gonna be a little heavy in the humidity tonight right Bobby Yes, sir. I mean, uh, I'm a Floridian, so the humidity to me is... <laughs> uh, but the kickers are definitely going to have to adjust. And everyone's going to have to. It's going to be one of those games where you got to adjust quickly because the humidity affects the game. As they say, fatigues make, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And that humidity has a way to create a lot of fatigue. So we'll see a lot of, uh, probably, a lot of personnel exchanges as, a re as in response to that, rather. And we got about three minutes here in this uh, last segment. 
but uh, you picked up on a good thing. I think this is the deepest Notre Dame team I've seen on both sides of the ball in quite a few years. Um, I, that statement is a very refreshing thing to hear as a former player and hearing all the reasons why we can't get the top Correct. prospects and it being analyzed at nauseum and, and everyone's got their reason and factors why that's the case. It's good to see that the cupboard was never really bare. We just had to develop people and, and get more guys to stay and believe. And so um, happy to hear that the, uh, you know, the depth is right. And so depth is, is you, got, you got to have depth in order to win. And we got a lot of depth at wide receiver, but let's talk about two of the main ones, Claypool Boykin. and Boykin. Thanks, yep, John. Yep, yep. They're both uh, approximately 6'4". The DBs on average on Michigan's team average 5'11". So let's all talk about that little height difference. Obviously, you know, everybody say, oh, throw it to the tall guy, he can out-jump the other guy. That's not everything there is to do with catching the ball. So uh, spin, spin that for us with those receivers. Look, uh... The laws of physics do come into play. Being bigger uh, and stronger can help you, but they are policing the whole island between receiver and defensive back differently now, so that can't be all that you do. I think um, being a big receiver and knowing when to use your size uh, and, and other times be more, I guess I should say finesse, but lear learning how to work in space, learning how to get what the defense gives you in terms of defensive scheme versus what play you have called and how you run your route is really the sweet science of playing that position. And so, yes, you love having big, strong receivers and fast. You know, we've got big, strong and fast guys. Great combination. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, both of those guys have gone through a very organic maturation process. I'm looking forward to seeing the nuances of how they understand the position and how they understand the routes on each one of those plays. That is, is the next level of sophistication when it comes to a receiver. For playing wide receiver, and I always ask this out players, when you're watching the game, can you really sit down and watch the whole game, or are you watching the receivers? Uh... <laughs> Be honest. You know what? When you get tired, you're more inclined to sit down. But you know, it, it's look. It, it's there's so many games going on within the game. Right. You're watching chess unfold right before you. That's why I always love. I'll be in love with the sports the day I die because you're watching so many games within the game. And whichever game uh, or, or move that you find most interesting in that uh, whole game full of, of chess moves, if you will, whichever matchup you feel is the most important or, or the most exciting is the one you tend to gravitate to both during the game and even now when I'm watching it as a fan I'm watching first thing I look at is where are the safeties lined up because I know that's going to give me some indication of what kind of defense it is and I'll immediately look at the snap what the, what the linebackers do take a step forward and know he's playing man I'm I'm I will not actually fill the blank in with how many years removed I am <laughs> but I am enough years removed that you would think that my eye would be a little more of a lay person and just appreciate the game but it doesn't it looks right to those things immediately sure. because my mind is programmed to understand the offense and defense of uh, chess match if you will by looking at those pieces all right former wide receiver Bobby Brown a score and prediction real quick here please look I, I heard that the previous my, my senior statesman if you will <laughs> <laughs> very politically correct yeah hey, hey, hey flash is flash is still fast and still can hit so <laughs> I know not to say anything worse than that but uh, I, I respectfully disagree I think it's gonna be a higher scoring game I said 38 17 last night I think it, it starts and ends with the ability to run the ball so I do agree with them there and Steve Berline made a great point in terms of the number of uh, uh, attempts that Wimbush 
uh, has to make will give us an indication of what the game is about. But I think weaving in the pass based off whether it be play, play action, whether it be uh, screens, draws, using all that depth in the running back position to also neutralize a very good defensive line by uh, the Michigan, I, I hate saying their names, I'm going to say the team in Ann Arbor, but I'll be polite and respectful today. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Michigan Wolverine defensive front is an amazing defensive front. Ne neutralizing them by way of uh, mixing up the run is, I think, the way you win this game. 38-17. I'll repeat it again. 38-17. I, I, I thought maybe you had, were going to change it. You no, said you initially no, were at that. So I'm, I'm, you're I'm a man of your it. word. I am going to go with it. I said it last night. Right. Uh, and people looked at me like I was crazy. But I, I, I'm going to go with it as well and we'll say 38-21. We'll get the other off the, off the air. And we'll uh, we'll get you booked up for later in the year. And we'll get you on interviewing some questions. Oh, please do. Like please do. On your home for Fighting Irish Football, 96.1 FN WSBT. This is game day. We'll be right back to the porch of the Ivy Court Inn and Suites to wrap it up. I have your attention, please. This is Tim McCarthy for the Indiana State Police. You are listening to WSBT, your radio home for Notre Dame football. We're back to game day. We're live out in the porch of the Ivy Court in and suites, the tailgate parties. They've been polite enough and instructed not to have the band kick it up until 4 <laughs> o'clock. And, John, they've, they've done a really nice job out here. It is humid, though, isn't it not? Oh, man, Louisiana has come to South Bend. I'll it tell is you, unbelievable. There's a breeze out there, Brian Miller says. Okay, well, you know, we need to get that breeze over here, but that's okay. This is probably one of the first shows that my papers haven't flown all over the place. John, you'll get a kick out of this because when Evan and I do a game together, it's the difference of the generations. He shows up with his laptop. Yep. All of his research on that. Yep. I show up with folders of paper and notes and yellow pads and everything else. That's me. You're old school like I am. Yep, yep. I got to have it and everything. So, great discussion all the way around today. I appreciate you being here today. Um, you filled in last year, and I think yeah. I've got to go to a State Farm convention here in a month or so that, uh, so that you might well, be back I may again. Be back, huh? You <laughs> might be back again and everything and stuff, too. But um, your thoughts, real quick, before we uh, go to Hawaii for the keys of the game. Well, I'll be looking at two things tonight. I'll be looking at uh, Notre Dame's offensive line and how they handle the Michigan front. That's going to be a real key to the game. Eichenberg on that left side is going to yeah, be a big absolutely, deal. Absolutely, absolutely. And then Brandon Wimbush's decision making Correct. above all else. Those are the things I'll really be watching tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great game. I think the Irish should be favored, at least slightly. Uh, but, of course, you've got to play the game. Yeah, you have to. I don't know why. I've had this thing for two weeks now that I almost wake up in a cold sweat in the name our second-string quarterback, which is from, from left me. Ian, Ian Book is going to bail out the game. I don't know why. I don't want it to be that way, but that just keeps haunting me that that's going to happen. Well, so. if, if, you need, if, you need a tight, if you need a good throw in a tight window, not too far down the right. field, Ian Book is the, one. is the one you want doing that. Is the one. Let's see what's uh, the keys of the games out in Hawaii with Evan Sharpley. Here is a quick look at my three keys to an Irish victory. First, come out swinging. Manage emotions early. Both teams will be fired up and it will be important to set the tone, but also survive the early onslaught from the opposing Wolverines. Next. Turnovers With two good defenses and two offenses with a bunch of questions, possession of the ball will be essential. Neither team wants to play tentative, but a turnover could win or lose the game. Protect the ball. Last, let's give a look to special teams. The Irish should be able to flip field position in the punt and punt return facets. Also, if this game plays how I think it could, look for Justin Yoon to be the hero. If Notre Dame's able to take care of the ball, make plays on special teams, and win the special teams battle, I'm predicting a 24-23 win. Back to you, Tim, and go Irish. 
Thanks, Evan. And I gotta, I gotta agree. I'm hoping that Ian doesn't have to play all the game. But Justin Yoon, I'm this, you know, like we said before, even this humidity, maybe a winning field goal. So we'll see. Happen. That's Evan's keys to the games, all the way from Hawaii. And as usual, we'll see if uh, Evan's right in about seven and a half hours at the conclusion of today's game. I want to thank all of our guests for taking the time out of their busy day to join us. It was great. Live radio. You can't beat it. A big thank you to WSBT's Matt Embry back in the studio and here on site, Vince Sidario. And thank you, John Hoffman, for riding shotgun and my trying to pleasure. manage my chaos because I always create a lot of chaos. Uh, and kudos to Jessica and the Ivy Court Inn and Suites and Rob with Fisher's Tips and Chips. We actually sold out. I think it's the first time. Everything is gone. All the food's gone. But they were nice enough to bring me some delicious, oh, tasty uh, tips here. Are some tips. We're going to have to those share some, John. Some good tips. Don't go anywhere. The Irish Wolverine coverage continues. Right after the news, it's Darren, Sean, and Eric with everything you need to know about today's matchup on Budweiser's game day sports beat from the stadium. Immediately following them, it's the official Notre Dame pregame show. Then it's kickoff at just after 7.40 p.m. with the new team of Paul Burmeister, Ryan Harris, and Jack Nolan on the IMG Network. Please join us again next week at 11 a.m. here at the Ivy Court Inn as we take on the Cardinals from Ball State or join us on your home for Whiting Irish Football, 96-1 WSBT. This is Tim Grawl for John Hoffman. Go Irish! The home of Notre Dame football, Notre Dame basketball, the South Bend Cubs, and the Indianapolis Colts. This is 96-1 WSBT South Bend, the sports leader. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.